Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Thank you for joining me uh, in my first episode of something that I've been planning to do for a long time now. Uh, start a podcast. Welcome to the first episode of Ended Up at Sevi's. Uh, welcome to the first episode of Confessions of a Club Promoter, or now former club promoter, because there are currently no clubs open in New York City. Anyway, so yes, I worked as a club promoter in New York City for the last three years. I hope this video finds people who are currently in the club scene of New York City, and maybe they can get a laugh out of this, or for people who have thought about wanting to go into the club scene as a club promoter, um, or for people who just are not from New York City and want to know about it. Um, I hope I can provide as much as I can. Um, hoping I'm not going to say something stupid that's going to get me in trouble. Uh, all names will be kept out for confidentiality reasons. I haven't reached out to anyone to get their consent. So uh, I won't be mentioning anyone's names. I'm not going to be mentioning any names of any hospitality groups. And if I do mention a venue, that venue is shut down. That venue has been closed. And therefore, I don't really have anything to lose. But I'm not looking to ruin anyone's reputation or name through this. I'm looking to just kind of tell my story. Think of this as almost like a AANA meeting, but for a former club promoter that actually is going to say something. Because most guys that I've met or girls... When they leave the club scene, they just kind of like, they pretend like they never even were a part of it. Sometimes they never even show back up at the clubs. It's pretty crazy. So I'll start out with how I got started in this. I'm 23 years old right now. My first experience with club promoting was when I was 18. I had recently just gone out of a wilderness therapy program because I was a little bit of a troubled kid growing up. We'll go into that some other episode. Um, and pretty much what I... Uh, I got out and uh, things were so bad with my family. So I was kind of like homeless or couch surfing and needed to make some quick money. So I went on Craigslist and I answered, I saw an ad to be a club promoter and I was like, yeah, I'll do this. Um, so I met with a guy who I haven't seen from this point. I never saw him again. And I don't even know if the name he told me was real, but even like as I went on in the club scene, no one had ever heard of this guy. It was really fucking weird. Anyway, so I, I met up with him, answered his uh, Craigslist ad or whatever. And I remember he had me starting out at like these random spots. And I'll let you know, like I was 18, right? I had my fake ID taken away like when I went to that wilderness program and shit. Uh, now I was using an ID of like a kid that looked nothing like me. And this is five years ago. So this is 2015 where... Fake IDs were a thing, and I mean, but like the bouncers didn't really know, like, really how to tell them necessarily. But anyway, I started working out. Uh, I lied to the guy and I said I was 21. He, I showed him my ID and he believed it was real. It, it was not. Um, and anyway, so from there, I started going to places. I think I went to like Sweet 36. Um, I went to Gilded Lily, VIP room, Highline Ballroom. Um, and I mean, it, it was just like tough, dude. Like the guy wasn't showing me any direction or whatever. I'm trying to figure shit out. It didn't last long after that. All right. I didn't actually end up becoming a full-time promoter until about three years later when I was 21. I was 21. Um, I had just finished my first semester back at college and, um, I went out one night to a club that's now closed down called up and down. Um, I had a great time. Um, and I raged my ass off and it was sweet. And from there I was like, damn, I'd be down to give this a try again. 
So I reached out to this dude who uh, I had actually bought bottles from in the past. Don't ask me how I had money back then. It was not a good way that I was making my money. And um, me and my friends had gone through this guy a couple of times. He didn't live in New York City. He lived in Miami. So he put me through to another guy. And this guy that he put me through became my boss right away. You know what I'm saying? Things were working out for us. He was paying me on time and shit. One of the biggest things about uh, club promoting, if you're not the guy who's actually collecting the check, like he, the, the hospitality company that he owned, like that was his thing. So he would make the deals with the clubs and all that shit. The way it works essentially with getting paid as a club promoter is obviously when you bring a client, like a bottle client and somebody. So say you have a guy come and he buys a $2,000 table, you'll get a commission of what that is. And like, it, and yeah, essentially that's it. And other than that, you'll kind of, you get like a flat pay if you bring a certain amount of girls and shit like that. Um, I mean, it's all pretty organized. I'm not going to go into details about it and shit like that. And I'm not going to give that guy's name for obvious reasons, as mentioned before. But anyway, yeah, so things were going great. He, me and him, we were crushing it. As time went on, um, you know, he was teaching me more and more and I was getting more and more into it. And uh, I was I was loving it. The money was great. Um, how And it was just like really fun, you know. The only thing that no one really told me about when it came to club promoting was how it would interfere so much with your normal life. At the time when I had taken the job to be a club promoter about three, four times a week, I was working uh, part-time at a sunglasses store while also taking summer classes, while also in a long-term relationship at the time. And essentially with that, as time went on, you know, I ended up getting let go from the sunglasses job because I kept showing up tired or missing work because I was constantly drinking and shit like that. Let me first put that out there, too. Being a club promoter, you're not forced to drink. In fact, the best club promoters in New York City, they don't drink. But for someone like me, as I said before, I went to a wilderness therapy program. I've been in and out of treatments for a long time. I have a pre-existing problem with alcohol and drugs. It's not something I'm proud of. I'm happy to say I'm sober for a while now, you know, but this was not good for me. And as time went on, the money became greater. And once I left the sunglasses job, you know, everything was going great. And I want to reiterate one more time. This has nothing to do with the guy that I was working for. He barely drinks as it is, right? I was making the choices to get wasted all the time. And as time went on, my alcohol tolerance grew and I went crazy, essentially, because, um, you know, then about like a year into promoting and shit, I was pretty much like, you know, going down an even worse path because I decided to go back to doing drugs. I, I started hitting the slopes pretty hard. You know, any club you go to, in any part of the world, there's going to be somebody there with drugs and hitting the slopes. Y'all know what that means. And I was doing that shit at Black Diamond level, okay? I mean, I was going at it. And pretty soon with that came after parties. And that was really the demise of everything. Some people can handle the after parties. I couldn't. 
Because it's not like I was going there for one hour after I hit the club. I was going there for like two, three days sometimes. Just going to after parties, doing substances, nonstop drinking. Eventually, um, that all caught up with me. It ruined uh, the relationship I had. Um, me and my ex, we broke up. That long-term relationship went to shit. There were other reasons involved, but I would say about 80% of it was me going to nightclubs and everything like that. Since then, I've spoken with her. We're okay. You know, she's happy to hear that I'm not doing that stuff anymore. But, you know, like, it was bad. I I look back on a lot of my times of being a club promoter, and I think to myself, how am I alive? You know, what if I'd gone the wrong bag of something? I've had a few friends die of overdoses, and I think I came pretty close. I got beat up. I got jumped at an after party one time. I don't know why I kept going to the after parties. I think it was just for the drugs. Because towards the end, you know, even when I was single, I was not really, like, getting laid much. I was more worried about um, taking shots and trying to get as many comp bottles as I could from the club and picking up from my guy than I was trying to actually get laid. I didn't even realize that I was around some of the best looking girls, you know? Whether I brought them out, whether my boss brought them out, whether the table next to me of promoters did, I wasn't paying attention to that. And soon, am I, it started to reflect worse and worse. While I was, um, while I was promoting, I got arrested. I got charged with, uh, actually, I'm not going to go into what I got charged with because it's still a pending case, but, um, it's not something I'm, I was proud about. I, even when I took a little break off, you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to take off. I'm going to like work out again and do my thing. The second I got right back into that club, boom. I was back in the fucking stall of a club doing, you know what? I, it was a life ruiner. Club promoting now was not about making money. It wasn't about doing anything other than drugs and alcohol. And this is not, um, this is not for everyone. This is, if I were to say, this is maybe like 10% of promoters problems is with substances because the people that actually focus on making the money, they actually do have a good time doing it. However, for me, it, the, that good time was real short lived, man. Really short. Um, so, the first thing that a lot of people would always ask me is, uh, you know, obviously first, how'd you become a club promoter? I just told you. Started with the Craigslist app when I was 13, but then I just, you know, I reached out to another guy later on. Um, in regards to being a club promoter, um, I know people are probably asking themselves, how'd you get that job when you were underage? Let's just say New York City was a real fucking different place in 2015, okay? Like, no one knew really shit about fake IDs and stuff like that, you know? And I can speak on this because in regards to the clubs I mentioned before, they're all fucking closed down, all right? They closed down for a variety of reasons, and they never opened back up. A lot of them are still empty spaces even pre-COVID, you know what I'm saying? But I don't know. Other than that, it's like, yeah, I went down a bad path. That's why I, I don't suggest people with pre-existing substance problems go into club promoting because if you want to end your life at a quick rate, then yeah, become a club promoter for sure. Because no one will stop you from doing anything. And, you know, not to mention, it just, it fucks your whole schedule. 
You're out all hours of the night. Even if you're not going to after parties, you're still not getting home before like 5, 6 a.m. depending on how far you live from the club. My first apartment was in Ridgewood, Queens. I used to take three trains to get to meatpacking and then three trains back if I didn't want to pay for an Uber. That's nuts. Sometimes I'd go to class the next day. I barely went to class after I promoted that night. That's for sure. Um, you know, most of my nights of promoting, I don't remember. I never, I think I never really successfully did a sober night. There was always a couple drinks involved. Chain smoking, shit ton of cigarettes. Not to mention, I got fat. Because <laughs> the only late night food options are all bad, bro. I got fat. My overall mental health, it, it declined like crazy. But once again, I will say again, this is not a problem for most club promoters. But this was a problem for me. Um, yeah, that's what, so the three biggest things from my experience with it, ruined relationships, um, getting arrested, enhancing an addiction, and almost dying. Because, you know, many times when I would be hungover in such a bad place with that raging headache after you spend a night hitting the slopes or whatever, I considered really just kind of like ending it, you know? If it wasn't for Corona, I'm saying this for the first time on public. If it wasn't for Corona, I would have come extremely close to taking my own life because I was just so dead in like, like inside and even on the outside, I just wasn't happy. I didn't know where my life was going. I had lost all motivation to really even go to school, but thank God, you know, I graduated. Corona kind of saved my life. I mean, I'm not defending the disease in any way possible, but in regards to, where I was headed and shit like that, like it saved me because it got me out of the clubs. And I, as you know, touching on now with everything going on, you know, it's for a lot of club promoters, they were put out of work and it was tough and, you know, they got the stimulus and unemployment, but a lot of them now have, have, you know, taken what they've um, achieved from club promoting. It takes a lot of social media marketing. It takes a lot of marketing yourself. If you don't have confidence, you cannot be a club promoter. How the fuck? You, you gotta be confident if you're trying to sell a fucking 4K table for ASAP Ferg at whatever club or some shit. He, you know, you gotta, you gotta convince a guy, hey man, rather than just paying 50, 60 bucks and drinking the, the free alcohol on my table, you should buy your own bottle. And then you'll look like a baller. Now, a lot of the time, like, it's not that easy. I think I had that happen to me one time where I convinced a kid to not pay coverage, coverage charge and do that. Excuse me. Not a white club. Seltzer. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Other than that, I mean, I'm, you meet a lot of really cool people. Something that people don't tell you about when you are in the club scene is you kind of develop this family. Because everyone is just... Because while the rest of the city goes to bed... We stay up and we live our lives. But during the day, we don't know what the fuck other people do, right? We don't know what the other person does. Probably sleeping, but you know. But anyway, when it when it was, you know, before Corona, you always had an option to go out in New York City with the clubs that are still open now and with the old clubs. Um, you could speak on some crazy, crazy experiences. I have to try to, let me think. Um, oh, yeah. So I have, 
you know, gotten myself into trouble on social media with club promoting and as a result have gotten banned from some places. So if there's one thing I will tell you that I learned, watch what you say on social media because essentially when you get banned from one club, you can just start getting banned from a bunch of them, man. Essentially keep your mouth shut when it comes to that shit. I'm not going to go into that because I think it would re- just already me saying that like already. Yeah. No, <laughs> but yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. There's a lot of really good club promoters out there. It's not a scummy job. Okay. Yeah. There's like the stereotypes and shit. And yeah, trust me, excuse me. There's a lot of fucking scumbags in club scene in New York. Oh yeah. When you're nice, essentially you don't really get anything. In the end, it's the scummy guys that are making more money because they're usually forcing. I'm never mind. Y'all can connect the dots. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Being a club promoter is not a job you want to think about doing for the rest of your life when you're 21 years old. But it's a great side gig when you're in college. Right? I don't know. That's kind of just like a little intro on this. I wanted to get this first episode going. I wanted to talk about my experience of when I started being a promoter to where I am now. Um, of the people still grinding, doing their thing. That's awesome. Go and promote for the places that are legally open. But in regards to you do some of the club promoters doing these illegal parties in New York City, like honestly, dude, knock it the fuck off. You're a selfish piece of shit by doing that. Because if you're like contributing to the spread of Corona, let's not forget they just came out with numbers. 75% of cases are coming from small gatherings and house parties. Your shit is a house party. I literally witnessed on Instagram the other day. A club promoter turned an apartment into a strip club. Strip club, dude. No mask. Dirty money flying everywhere. Dirty girls and dirty dudes and dirty people. Dirty, dirty, dirty. That didn't sound good. Just saying. Knock the shit off of the illegal parties. I've seen so many other club promoters um, with Corona. They are have awesome full-time jobs. They've utilized what they've learned from the club scene and put it into one guy like Wall Street. That's fucking awesome. I want to do that. I really do. And I'm working on it right now. And I'm glad I'm in grad school. And I'm glad the people that are club promoters not participating in these illegal parties like myself are doing that. You guys are the real ones. I hope I wish the best of luck for people like that. For the people throwing the illegal parties and shit, knock it off. And in general, I hope you get arrested. Um, I don't want to wish Corona on you or anything like that because that's fucked. That's like wishing death on someone. Not my vibe. But I do hope you get arrested and get fined because you're the problem. And that's it. Anyway, we're coming towards the 20-minute mark. Glad I can make this little little sum-sum for you guys. Um, if you want to be on the episode... Follow the Instagram account, DM me on Instagram and all that shit. And, you know, let's, let's talk about something. It could be about nightlife. It could be about whatever the fuck you want. I'm not going to say no to any guests, man. That's not my vibe. That's not my thing. Um, just kind of letting this go until 20 minutes, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. Everyone stay safe for all the kids in school like me. Crush your finals. And 
you know, let's end 2020 on the best note possible. Peace, y'all.